listening to Unscripted, the film show. Dad, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to Unscripted, the film show. I am Cecilia and I am joined by Lewis. Hi, Lewis. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> hello, I like how you say hello. <laughs> um, I'm good, I'm good. Um, welcome to another another week of talking about movies, uh, which is always fun. This week we have a couple of releases and you may have a few more to add that I wasn't aware of. But um, No, I don't think I do. I, I, I think uh, I, I saw Candyman. Candyman. Uh, but that's that's about it, I think. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Well, I've seen uh, Candyman and uh, The Ice Road. Oh, so The Ice Road as well. Two films to talk about. Uh, I did actually catch Reminiscence as well at the, the f- movies right. and you reviewed that last week as well. So yes. um, I actually found it quite interesting. <laughs> Uh, that film, a little bit like Inception in a way, wasn't it? Well, yeah, because it was the sister-in-law of Christopher Nolan mm. who did the film. And and so, yeah, it did have a very, you know, Christopher Nolan feel to it, which yeah. was uh, which was uh, odd, but it was, uh, yeah, I thought it was a very uh, interesting film um, and I kind of liked it. Do you see what I mean about it being kind of like a, uh, a noir? Yeah. But like a set in the future kind of noir? Yeah, because it's narrated all the way through, yeah, that yeah. very kind of eerie uh, overtone yeah. of a voice to say, and I... Uh, I saw her war, or you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was a bit noir, and um, but it was also very neony as well. There was lots of um, so maybe like a neon noir because it had all <laughs> the kind of neon lights in this um, you know, kind of postmodern climate because it was yeah. I think you've coined a new genre there, neon noir. Neon noir. <laughs> Um, so yeah, re- really interesting film. Um, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was quite a long film, but it didn't feel too long. But um, yeah, but tonight's show we've got uh, two films to talk about, which is great. Uh, two very different films, mm. by the sound of it, because uh, Candyman is a horror, uh, a, a re, or I think it's a direct follow-up to the first nineteen ninety-two. So there was a nineteen ninety-two film, Candyman. And then there was two sequels that followed that film. Uh, one was called Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, 1995, and the other was Candyman Day of the Dead, 1999, uh, whereas Candyman 2021 is yeah, a direct sequel of the same name. Um, and I now realise the connections in the films. Uh, I've seen Candyman many, many, many years ago, couldn't recall the film at all. Yeah. Uh, went to see this one last night and realised, ah, uh, okay, I know what's going on here uh, after I did a little bit of research to prompt myself again. So I kind of understand that now. But, um, yeah, so it's a couple of good films to talk about tonight. Uh, it's a bit of a shame, though. We're, there's been a few media releases that we've been kind of invited to that have been cancelled over the last few weeks. Mm. I don't know if you've noticed that. And I think yeah. that's due to the eastern states um obviously their pandemic at the moment and not being able to hold screenings so as a result a couple of them get cancelled here and we're not able to see them which is a bit of a shame really yeah it's a a shame but uh yeah just um 
I guess we're just going to wait until things get more widely released, unfortunately. That is true. And that's okay. We can wait. Uh, we're, we're still lucky to see lots of stuff and we're still lucky that we have lots of little independent cinemas. And I shouldn't say little. We have lots of <laughs> independent cinemas here in Perth which do just the most remarkable things. We've got Luna Leaderville, uh, which, you know, does the Monday doubles. They show two films. It could be anything from Stanley Kubrick right through to uh, train spotting one and two to uh, there's been just a wide array of different films that you can catch on the big screen and two films for the price of one it's a bargain oh definitely yes it's a yeah bargain. so it's train spotting one and two to, together i think they uh, did do a preview of, of one and two uh quite a while ago mm-hmm. but um uh, they've do hundreds of other films. Yeah, that that was just the Tra- one that came. Transport one and two together. I mean, it's because uh, it, it'd be weird watching one after the other because mm. there's that uh, twenty year, twenty plus year gap between the two films. Yeah, so it'd be very very like jarring to go. Oh my god, these people have aged so much. I and, know it would be quite weird, wouldn't yeah. it? Because at least we got a break between the two films, so we were able to adjust yeah. a little <laughs> bit to that. But uh, yeah, but there's been some great um, doubles there, and they do all sorts of little events and things like that. Hold advanced screening. And there's heaps of films that you can actually catch on the big screen at the moment, anyway. So there are. I mean, you could go. I guess probably Black Widow's still playing, I suppose, mm. and probably Jungle Book's still playing. So, so Jungle Cruise, sorry, still <laughs> playing. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there, and uh, and definitely like we're going to review Candyman tonight. And if you want a bit of a, a horror film with a bit of social commentary, then that's uh, certainly a film I can recommend going and checking out as well. Excellent. Um, so. What should we start with? Should we just banter for a little bit and then jump into some? Re- we we just never we're never prepared, are we? No, well, we went um, to we went to um, the uh, uh, Belmont the Reading Cinemas of Belmont yesterday to to watch Candyman, and I haven't been there for a while, um, but it was uh, it was really good to go back because it's a you know nice you know, cinema setup, but it's got a dome coffee place there, uh, and. Coffee. Uh, the, the, for me, like uh, coffee and uh, like a movie just go hand in hand because I've oh, been yeah. doing it for so many years where I'd go to a movie and uh, I'd get a biscuit and a, a coffee and go and just chill out and watch a film. But, yeah, a lot of the, the ones I could get in Lou a lot and that uh, the coffee place there, the Dome version shut down ages ago mm. and their own little coffee place doesn't open all the time. So, it's uh, yeah, it's like a, a treat to be able to go to a, a movie and, and have a decent coffee. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that some of the... I just said I had a decent coffee. All people who like coffee and now I just go, oh, my God, he said Dome was decent coffee? How dare you, sir? Did you How hear about um, – I heard on the news that there's a bit of a shortage of coffee beans. What? Um, so the price of coffee is going up, which doesn't bother me at all. I will pay whatever for a cup of coffee. My concern is that the coffee beans are running out. That's my concern. How are we running out of coffee beans? I, I think that was – I caught the story halfway. It might be that there's some delivery issues with right. coffee, but – at any point, if there's a question as to whether or not coffee could run out or there could be a point where we might not have coffee is a disturbing world that I don't want to live in. Oh, my God. Um, I just – I praise my morning barista. <laughs> I think that they are gods. And um, be nice to your barista, please, people, because they are a godsend. And uh, without those people here making us our morning, morning cup of coffee, I don't know what we would do. Um, if you don't drink coffee, don't know who you are. <laughs> don't I just don't understand you. No, but, um, I, I I go on and off coffee just depending on how how I'm feeling at the time. But 
Yeah, I, I did enjoy my coffee last night. Although people who have coffee snobs would hate the coffee I drink because it's usually a decaf caramel latte. Uh. And see, see, look, look at that. <laughs> see what I mean? Uh. Yeah. That's, <laughs> what is that? That's my kind of coffee. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I get it. It's fine. Um, decaf, don't understand it, yeah. but whatever. Um, <laughs> no. Let's hope there's no issue of coffee shortage anytime soon. Well, I'll never, I'll never run out of decaf, so I'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be out, you'll be yeah. fine, you'll be fine. That's no problems at all. Um, but yeah, it would be a real shame if we did run out. A real shame, uh, indeed. So um, is that like out of the cinemas in Perth? Like, uh, do you have a favourite cinema that you uh, like to frequent when uh, when the opportunity arises? I do. They're backlot. Anytime. This is, I don't know, people, if people have been to the back lot, it's an independent cinema. Mm-hmm. It's got about 50 plush leather seats and it's privately owned, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, it's got this beautiful portrait of, not portrait, but painting of Heath Ledger mm-hmm. as the Joker when you walk in, who's by, what artist is it by? I can't Vincent, remember. Vincent, um, oh, a very famous, prolific. Um, and there's a fantastic story behind the painting on the wall which is quite long and lengthy but I'm sure you can find information about it on the website but yeah it's just amazing I love going there it's an intimate uh, experience so anytime I see an invite for the back lot oh just just the idea of that is lovely um but I just love going to Leaderville, Luna Leaderville mm-hmm. as well um it's a bit more um rustic is probably it's not new and oh although the newer parts of the mm. cinema are new and I love those smaller venues yeah, yeah. as well so I don't know I think each and every cinema has something to offer me um, and I love them all for different reasons I do I do like Luna because it's a Luna and the Regal Theatre I mm. find it very very similar in in styles yeah um, and so I like the old really expansive kind of uh, you know feel you get when you go in there mm. um, and yeah so the, the, the Luna is great their, their main uh, theatre is really good and uh, yeah I do like that some of their smaller theatrettes as well uh, I like the outdoor the fact they've got the outdoor cinema oh yeah they're good which is too. really cool um, and but I do like going to some of the older like the, the Windsor um, yep. That's really good, uh, and the the signet in Como as well. Is the Piccadilly cinemas still open? They're not open anymore, are they? They're no, long gone. I, I I think they're refurbing them though. Ah. I think that they, they, they are refurbing them, and the um, next door to that, the Carillion, mm-hmm. is going to. They've got a. Um, that was actually a cinema in the Carillion at one point in time. It was a Hoyt cinema. In fact, in back in the day, this is before your time. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, uh, there was uh, at one end of the street. Um, you would have Hoyt Cinema City, and then if you went up the road a little bit, I think now it is where um, that beds. It's not Bed Bath and Beyond. What was it called? The there's that that place with across the way from um, David Jones. Uh, it's a, some it's an American brand that's quite famous. But anyway, that's there. There was another cinema as well. Mm. Uh, that was where I saw Batman Returns was one of the movies I saw there. Um, and then you come down. Uh, the next cinema would be in the Carillion, mm-hmm. uh, and it was upstairs in the Carillion. And in that cinema, I saw Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, and I also saw Ghostbusters <laughs> in, in that that cinema. And then obviously the Piccadilly was was next door to that. Yeah. And then uh, further down the street, there was a Graded Union cinema as well. There were so many cinemas in Perth at one stage. Yeah, insane. I remember seeing the Amityville Horror 
at the Piccadilly cinemas, my mum and I, and it was just us mm. in this screening of this horror <laughs> film. Uh, it was the one with Ryan Reynolds and Melissa George. Oh, so the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, remake, yeah. which is not really a new version mm. anymore because I'm sure there's probably been a version <laughs> since, but I, it was quite scary <laughs> just being alone in that cinema because it's an old cinema. Mm. And the way that the seats are, it's quite um, steep. And there was this kind of red tone in the cinema and it was quite freaky actually. So um, that was an experience. And I was so young. I was, I think I was maybe 11 or 12. Oh, really? And my mum and I had just, yeah, gone out into Perth by ourselves to watch a film, which I thought was a bit um, a bit creepy, but there you go. I remember going and seeing a film in the uh, in the. Piccadilly and uh, one of the things I noticed was just how you could hear the projector running in the background. Yeah. You could hear the sound of the projector. I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I remember uh, the Signet was the um, uh, the first cinema I saw Batman 89 in. So ah. first time I saw Michael Keaton as Batman on the big screen was at the Signet. Wowza. Oh. oh, it's amazing all these stories and just to think that, uh, yeah, We'll be back there soon in cinemas, but, um, yeah, we can just uh, remember the good times. Yep. Even though we're lucky enough to go to yeah. cinemas, um, other places are not so lucky at the moment. Very but true. Well, at least, at least there's cinemas, back. at least there's palace cinemas now in the city mm. again. So, yeah, you can actually see a movie in the city of Perth, which is yes. quite nice. And as I said, the uh, Carillion, apparently they're going to be doing a redevelopment there, which will include a new cinema in there. Cool. And I also believe the Piccadilly is getting refurbished. So that would be awesome if that's, you know, brought back to life again. That's great news. Yeah. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Uh, we were just talking off air. It is uh, uh, Rachel, obviously, is still on sabbatical. Yes. But it is her birthday today. Happy so, birthday, Rachel. Yes, happy birthday. And, uh, yes, yeah, they were in uh, travelling around the place, I think, and um, uh, she was in uh, Wajen uh, um, yesterday. So uh, I hope they're enjoying themselves. That's brilliant. Yeah. Good on her. I hope mm. she's listening. I hope she heard her birthday shout-out and... Um, I hope she comes back to the show soon. Yes. But, um, hey, take take all the time you need for your sabbatical or long service leave, uh, whatever your preference for the word is. <laughs> I'm sure people use different... I want to say sabbatical. I like sabbatical, though. Mm. I just want to be like, I'm off on my sabbatical. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that would require me to be at a job for a period of about 10 years. That's long service leave, isn't it? It is long service years. leave, yeah. 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 And I don't, I've never done that. I'd love to do that. It's that, that was, that was, that's my goal, but they, uh, you know, I get to a point then uh, something happens and I just have to move to another job. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. But um, anyway, at least we have jobs. That's a good thing. Yes. Um, that is a great thing. Now, Spider-Man. This is a film that people are excited about. This is the next. Now, you're, you're the expert, so I'm going to let you take the reins here. But I did manage to actually watch the trailer and read a little bit about it. So I'm, I'm kind of a step ahead than what I usually am with these <laughs> things. But in terms of the logistics, um, I, I'm not overly... Um, equipped to to talk about it. Well, this is a trailer that's been a long time coming because uh, everyone's just been going. Where's the spider? Spider Man's coming out in. Uh, I think it's December when it's mm. coming out, and it might be November, but no, pretty sure November, December. Anyway, there's still like there's Shang Chi, which is um, coming out in next soon. week. Yeah. Uh, then there's Eternals and Spider Man. So there's still three Marvel films to go this year. There you go. Just full on, uh, but yeah, everyone have been. We've seen like you know, a couple of trials for Shang Chi, a couple of trials for Eternals, but no trailer for Spider Man Far mm-hmm. From Home. So people have been going, you know, where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? 
Apparently, a, a trailer uh, dropped earlier in the week, um, but it, it was they said it was not the official trailer. Oh. It's all been pulled down. You can't see it anymore. And Marvel put out the actual trailer for Far From Home. And the, the trailer had some interesting elements to it. Um, so, obviously, it was very heavy with Doctor Strange in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the Doctor Strange in here is acting a bit different to the Stephen Strange that we're used to seeing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, it's making me wonder... Is this our Doctor Strange or is this a variant Doctor Strange or is this somebody pretending to be Doctor Strange? Because uh, what he does, it kind of like sets things in motion mm. that, you know, screw up the whole multiverse and may tie into the Loki TV series and may tie into WandaVision as well. So it's uh, some interesting stuff there. But the really interesting things is it alludes to a few villains and then basically uh, Doc Ock uh, comes out at the end. Now, Doc Ock was the villain from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. and uh, that's, a, that's a long time ago. That was a mm. long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's making you ask the question, okay, so you've got Alfred Molina playing Dr. Octopus. Is Does that mean that we're going to see the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in this film? Uh, and then you've also got uh, in the, the preview as well, you see the uh, pumpkin bomb from mm. the Green Goblin. Uh, and so that uh, leads you to ask the question, well, is Willem Dafoe back? Is he playing the Green Goblin? Are we going to see the Green Goblin this time instead of being that stupid mechanical suit thing he was in before? Are yeah. we going to see a more fleshy kind of face, Green Goblin? Uh, and also there was uh, the lightning, which was uh, alluding to Electro. So all these characters, so, uh, the Green Goblin character was from the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man film, uh, Doc Ock was from the second Spy- uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man film, and Electro was from the second uh, um, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man film. So it is leading us to, to think that all the rumours about uh, the... Though Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man being in this movie mm. could possibly be true. But that's a... Is that a comic book thing? Is there multiple iterations of Spider-Man in the same universe in the comics? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, you've, um, you know, you just have to look at the um, uh, the, the, the Sony movie yeah. uh, that Spider-Man... Um, um, Blanking on the name of the, uh, the the anime feature was Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah, Spider Man into Spider Verse yeah. so was exactly that. Was different Spider Mans from different multiverses mm. coming together in the, the same place, and mm. so we've already seen it before in the the Sony animated version, and now this is going to show us the the, the Spider Man, uh, you know, possibly using all of the movie versions uh, in the same movie, which I think will be really cool, mm. um, and it'll be interesting to see if this is where they try to link up the not the spider-man movies without spider-man in it like they've done venom and they've got venom 2 let there be carnage coming out yes and they've got uh morbius coming out as well the living vampire next year and so maybe this is their way of um tying in the tom holland spider-man into the the, their spider-verse so there's a bit more you know continuity and it's all Mm -hmm. part of the, the one multiverse yeah. I know it's getting very confusing. It, no, in a way it, it, it's interesting and I think it will be – I do think they will all appear, to be honest. Mm. I, I think um, – I mean, and I'm sure all three actors would 
be involved in that and be part of that. So, um, no, interesting that you you say that. Um, and you, interesting you mentioned Morbius the Living Vampire because I'm really excited to see what they do with that film. Right, okay. Um, Are you aware of that, the, the, the Morbius Living Vampire character? I, I believe you. I have a feeling you mentioned it once mm. before. Oh, okay, yeah. And I remember then looking it up mm. and going, oh, this looks interesting. This is something I could get into. So um, I wonder, yeah, the tone they'll take with the, the film, um, whether they'll stick to the traditional um, kind of, you know, Marvel um, aesthetic or if they'll take a darker tone. Yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting character because um, he ba- he takes this, uh, you know, serum to try mm. to cure himself of something yeah. and then ends up, you know, turning himself into someone who craves blood but is not dead like a vampire. He's ah. hence why he's Morbius a living vampire. Yes. Um, but he's a, a very interesting character in the comics but always a villain of Spider-Man. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they go without – if if, if, if Toby – um, if Tom Holland doesn't appear, <laughs> sorry, appear in that movie, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they go. Mm, I'm quite looking forward to it and I think mm. this is the time that I need to now go back and re-watch Spider-Man and uh, pick up on the ones that I've missed mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, get prepared and ready for this one because, yeah. So, I mean, you think about it, there was uh, three Tobey Maguires, yeah. there was two Andrew Garfields and now this will be three Tom Hollands plus the stuff he's done within the, uh, the rest of the MCU. Wow. But it just shows how popular the character is. Yeah. Is that, you know, people are willing to go and see multiple versions of him. Yeah, and I think it's something you could keep doing, you know, throughout, you yeah. know, for the, you know, many more years to come. I, I, I think that you know, superhero movies are as popular now as they've ever been. Yeah. Like they just get better and better. Uh, and, and then also TV shows as well. I mean, uh, on Disney Plus, uh, you know, we've obviously had uh, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and Loki. And now at the moment they're playing the, the What If series. And, and What If, um, uh, they've had the, the first one was What If Peggy Carter became like the super soldier. So instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America, she did. Uh, the second uh, episode was What If Star, what if Star, um, what if T'Challa, the Black Panther, became mm. Star Lord? Um, that was a really interesting one as well. But this one was, what if the Avengers were killed before they got together? <laughs> and so that's a really, it's really Ooh. interesting to see how, how it all plays out. Um, yeah. And the, um, yeah, the the villain of the piece, uh, yeah, really just amazing, great, great, succinct, tight storytelling in like half hour block. It's very, very good. There's just infinite characters, storylines, possibilities, you know, mixed stories that you can do with um, these universes. So there's no slowing down. If you look at it, I mean, like, you know, Marvel has been around for like decades, like since the, uh, you know, 40s, 50s. Mm -hmm. uh, And they've been making stories for all that amount of time and characters. So there is like almost an infinite pool of uh, stories to draw on. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. I seen a film called The Ice Road. Uh, this kind of came out of nowhere for me. Didn't really know this was on the cards to be released. But, uh, you know, it does star Liam Neeson. Uh, he's, of course, taken on wolves, mm-hmm. uh, terrorists and just all-round bad guys. He's a bad guy um, catcher. (laughs) (laughs) He just takes on bad guys. He does it well. He's, you know, approaching his 70s and he's still kicking butt, Um, which I like. I like that, you know. We've seen him in films like Taken. Uh, We've seen him on a, I can't remember that one where he's on a train. Uh, We've seen him take on wolves in the grey. But, you know, he's back for some more. And this time he's taken on Mother Nature, 
specifically the icy terrain of North America. Um, sounds like an ad. Yeah. <laughs> Neeson, so Liam Neeson in this story, he plays this trucker Mike who, along with his brother, are both recruited uh, by a, an independent kind of trucking company uh, and operator. And the guy there is named, he, this is his nickname, Goldenrod, uh, played by Lawrence Fishburne. Right. Uh, and they're... Job is to transport some supplies to a mine where there's been this massive gas explosion, and they've only got thirty hours to get there before oxygen runs out. And the only way to get there, because it's so the weather's so bad, is to so they can't really fly things out. And they've got these really massive long things. I'm not sure what they're called, but they're really difficult to transport. I think by helicopter. Right. So they have to take trucks, and the only way to get there is on these really icy roads which are starting to thaw. And so that kind of begins their dangerous mission. So there's that TV show out there called Ice Truckers. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that but a film. Uh, and it's a bit of a numbers type of film in which it plays out exactly how you would expect. Um, the dialogue feels a little bit fake and it's one of those films where the actors kind of tell you what's happening so oh no the ice is breaking <laughs> even though we can see yeah. that the ice is breaking and yeah and there's obviously more to the story here you know um was the gas explosion an accident or was it intentional so yeah Liam Neeson is kind of involved in in uncovering some stuff as well so look I think these films can be a little bit of fun and I think that Liam Neeson has a bit of a fan base out there so yes. people are going to watch this if they like his stuff um I found it a little bit of a bore, um, unfortunately. I just felt like it's a little, was a little bit cliche, oh. a little bit tacky. But, look, I, I still watched it. Not enough wolves. What's that? Not no wolves. wolves. <laughs> I, I did think that with the ice um, there, there was potential there for some wolves and uh, recreation, but uh, no, there was not. Um, but, look, I think that, yeah, it, it's a bit of fun and if you do like these types of films, you might enjoy it. It did feel very 90s. Um, oh, I'm feeling like Twister a little bit, that kind of feel to it. But, um, yeah, not, not for me, unfortunately, this one. I just found the dialogue a little bit off-putting. Um, I found the premise interesting, though, the fact that they're using ice as, mm. a, as a dangerous thing because, I mean, ice can break at any moment in time. I, I, um, must, I must admit, like, because I, like, you know, because we come from Australia, it's a hot yeah. country, we very rarely come into contact with, you know, frozen anything. Yeah. Uh, but, but when uh, Kat and I went to Paris for the first time uh, in uh, wintertime and there were, like, puddles that had frozen mm. and you'd go and, like, you'd put your, your foot on them and crack the ice, yeah. it was like that... that yeah, it's kind of like exhilarating, but uh, yeah. you know, I can imagine it'd be very scary walking across a frozen lake and hearing the ice creaking and stuff. It's so fragile. Mm. And, and the other thing too is that when you're driving these trucks, you have to maintain a certain speed. You can't speed up or slow down because it's something to do with the, the gravity and the ice. Right. So you can't, you've got to maintain a particular speed to ensure that you're travelling the right distance quick enough to, so if you're too slow, you're sitting on the ice for too long, mm. so it's going to break. But if you're going too fast, there's also too much pressure. So there was kind of science involved with this juggling act as well. And um, so that was interesting. And, um, yeah, look, I liked I thought it was – liked the interesting premise, but mm. I didn't necessarily like um, – 
the the film and it just felt very cliche. But um, so you think, so you think it might be more likely to, to watch Ice Road Truckers instead? I think so. <laughs> I think Ice Road Truckers because it's it's real. You know, there's some real stakes involved with that, and uh, I'd like to hear it firsthand from people that actually do this. But in saying this, I've never driven on snow, um, ice, so you know, maybe it's probably really frightening. I, I couldn't imagine doing it myself. So there you go. But I'm going to score this uh, two, can't say trucks, because that's pretty obvious. <laughs> can't say ice. <laughs> oh, two little um, hula girls on the dashboard. Oh, okay. Because they use them to see how, if they're really wavy, that's mm. not good. So they need to be like steady little dancers on the dashboard. But if they're going out of control, they use them for some science. Right. <laughs> There you go. That's uh, that's Ice Road. Uh, the Ice Road. It is out now. Uh, catch it in cinemas if you want to catch a bit of Liam Neeson <laughs> taking on ice, taking on the Mother Nature. Um, yeah, he's looking good for his age, though. Is that so? Is that uh, in cinemas or is that going to streaming? It is in cinemas. In cinemas? Right. It is in cinemas as of today. I'm sure it will hit streaming. It may be on a streaming service that I don't know of, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely hit cinemas today. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Uh, Candyman. We seen Candyman last night uh, and this has been a film that I can remember being talked about a few years ago. Like I feel like it's been in the making for a while. Oh, really? Well, I feel like it has. Maybe not, but uh, it just felt like it's been talked about for a really long time. But Candyman, the first film, uh, was released in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was followed by two sequels. You had Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, 1995, and Candyman Day of the Dead in 1999. And Candyman 2021 is a direct sequel of the same name, and it's written by Jordan Peele, uh, Wynne Rosenfield and Nia DaCosta, uh, who also directs the film uh, as well. Now, we all know Jordan Peele from films like Get Out, mm. Us, and Get Out was a little bit of a game changer for the horror genre. It was really well received. It was nominated for, you know, an array of awards. And I think that was because it managed to present a horror film which also uh, spoke to people mm. in, you know, there was some quite provocative um Themes in the film, you know, racism, for example, slavery, um, you know, all of those bits and pieces. So uh, Candyman 2021 centres around Anthony, who is this struggling artist whose passion for his art is kind of reignited when he hears about the urban legend or myth. I think urban legend is probably the Mm -hmm. right term uh, of Candyman. And the legend is... I have to remember how many times I've said Candyman. Five. Oh, you've, yeah. How yeah. many other times have we said it in the show? Well, but it's okay because you're not looking in a mirror. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Anyway, <laughs> the legend is that if you say Candyman in front of a mirror five times, a man with a hook for a hand will appear and kill you. And there's a lot more to the myth than to that legend, mm. which is explored in the film. Um, but I think I won't get into detail too much. But. Um, the really interesting thing is that Candyman is an African-American man and DaCosta, the, the director, kind of refines and develops Candyman um, in light of the 
Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. Um, and I think at the core of the film is still those themes of racism and police brutality and inequality and this term that I hadn't really heard of called gentrification. Yeah, yeah. Which had that – was that a term that you were really familiar with? I yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's um like in America there was a lot of areas where they were kind of like slums mm. and a lot of areas where like the, the poor black people would live. Mm. But over time um, those areas would get bought up by developers and they would like uh, invariably the cost of things in those areas would go up and it would kind of push the old inhabitants out and to find new places to live. Mm. Um, and uh, the you know, uh, Into the Heights, that film we saw earlier, Yes. The year. That was like an example of like gentrification ah. where people were starting to buy up, you know, places in yep. that area and, and prices started going mm-hmm. up and, and those kind of things. You know, I, I mean, I know what it is, but I hadn't really thought of it mm, that much. Mm. So it was really interesting to see that played out in this film. But um, yeah, I think from a visual perspective as well, it, it's really well shot. There's a really interesting use of mirrors, mm. um, puppetry. Yeah, the puppetry, mm. the, the shadow puppets are great. Really good. Yeah, and I think there's so much to really explore, but I think in terms of um, Candyman, the story, I think it really plays into those themes. So, um, yeah, and I, I, I can't really recall ever seeing... I know I've seen Candyman. Mm. I can't really remember it, though. And and having... I, I also wonder whether or not I've seen the 1992 version or if I've seen maybe the 1999 mm. version. So the... the- the 92 version was the mm. original one. Yeah. Uh, and and that one, is, this is a direct sequel to that, that one. That one. So it ignores, it ignores the, the other, other two. two. Right. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I, I can't quite, I know I've definitely seen one of those versions, but I really enjoyed this film. I liked the story. I liked the themes. I liked the execution of the film in general. Uh, you know, for a horror film, it's really hard to get the horror genre right. It mm, is really mm. difficult to nail that because critis- you get criticism generally for horror because it's a very niche market yeah, um, yeah. with horror. And uh, what did you think? I, I loved it. Like yeah. um, I haven't seen the original Candyman and so I was going in there just thinking that this was a, a remake or a reboot or something like that. Um, but you don't need to know the backstory because um, they, they cover off on that mm-hmm. stuff in the movie anyway. Uh, and I, I just thought it was a, yeah, a really interesting. The, uh, the way that Jordan Peele makes horror with a real social commentary in there as well um, is, is very, very interesting. And I haven't seen Get Out, but I did see Us mm-hmm. and, and now seeing this one. You know, he's, he's got a real grasp of the, the uh, you know, an understanding of uh, how to do horror and, and make it more than just a you know, brutal slasher for, for no reason. Uh, and when you, you, you watch this film, it's kind of like you question who you're supposed to be siding with in in the film um i I question why people like they know that if they stand in front of a mirror and say you know candy man five times that uh, there's a potential they're going to die why anyone would even think about doing it it's just um uh it's just beyond me but uh yeah it's just one of those as i said it's a you know urban legend and it's all a game that kids kind of play and um yeah i i think it was just an amazing film and you know that being said, the the actual horror parts of it and the slasher parts of it were as horrible and as slashery as any you know, Freddy Krueger film you're going to see. That's true. Um, but the, uh, the the Candyman uh, you know character in this is a real 
diverse and develops uh, over the, the the course of the movie. Um, and uh, Anthony, um, played by uh, Yah- uh, Yaha Abdul, um, and what's what's his last? He's got a double banger name. So it's, it's a bit. It's uh, yeah. a long name, which is yeah. why I think I avoided saying it. <laughs> Yahya Abdullah Mantine too. Uh, he was also in uh, Get Out. So he was in Us as well. Um, he was also. Ma- um, Black Manta in uh, the Aquaman film, huh. um, so he's he's been in, in quite a quite a few films, uh, and he plays um, the the character um, of Anthony, and you can see he's an artist. Um, he's an artist who's had his kind of like time, but he's mm. trying to find something new, yeah. and then he really hooks into the story of the Candyman, and in a way, he's the one that brings Candyman back into reality. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a. He's a great actor, and he has the hardest job in in this film. Uh, his uh, suffering girlfriend um, <laughs> uh, in the in the film uh, is played by uh, Tiona uh, Paris. Uh, now, anyone who watched One Division would know that uh, she is, uh, of course, Monica Rambeau, uh, who uh, we will see more of in uh, the second um, uh, Captain Marvel film, The Marvels. Uh, and she's great in this. Although I, I was like, when I was watching the uh, the film, I was like going, "Who who is that? Who is that? I can't quite tell. I just, I know her. I know her." And I was going, "Is it is it Monica Rambeau?" And I was like, because um, in one division, she plays like two parts in that oh. that show. Like the uh, the the uh, originally the character within the the, the bubble that uh, Wanda creates, and then uh, her actual like. Uh, sword agent uh, character uh, and she's got very different looks and she's a very very um, uh, uh, diverse actress in the way mm. actor in the way that she does things so she's quite a sassy character in this, yeah, this film yeah. isn't she and yeah. very strong headed and quite you know um, successful too mm-hmm. so so she was more like the the version of herself that was in Wanda's uh, ah. fake reality yep. than the real version of herself. Got it. So, but, yeah, great, fantastic actor, really, really good. Uh, and her brother is played by Troy Cartwright. Uh, and um, and it's so, his fault that this whole thing happens because he's the one that t- introduces yes, yes. the so, urban legend. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Troy Cartwright is the brother and Nathan Stewart Jarrett is the actor. And uh, if you watch the uh, the TV show Misfits uh, from the UK. Oh, I was wondering yeah. where he's from. Yep, yep, he's from the Misfits. Oh, thank you. I've been, I was like, where is he from? I, I wouldn't have picked that either, to be honest with you. No. Um, yeah, and he's also, he's an English actor, so he's been in Doctor Who and a lot of other English shows. But yeah, yeah, he was really good, really good. Yeah. And his boyfriend is played uh, by Kyle uh, Kraminski, uh, and his uh, the character's name is uh, Grady Greenberg. Um, and I just thought the cast was really good, worked really well together. Mm. Um, and there was like with any horror film, you needed to have humorous elements to it as well. And I think that's what uh, Nathan brought to the that um, movie was those humorous kind of elements to it. Yeah. And also, as he said, if he wasn't there telling the story, of Candyman then we wouldn't have a movie. That's true. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really, really enjoyed this film and I think you're absolutely right. Jordan Peele's got this um, natural kind of gift for, yeah, turning, uh, you know, turning a horror film into something that also uh, makes a 
you know, a social statement. So, mm. and we've seen that in his work, even um, the episodes of The Twilight Zone, which I don't actually know if he directs or is involved in, but he's part of that show. I just think anything he's involved in is, is fantastic. I've still got more Twilight Zone episodes um, to watch. I've only, like, you know, scratched the surface of that. I've got, mm. a, I've got them all. Just got them watch ready them. to watch <laughs> them. But no, I, I love his work. I um, This was much better than I thought it was going to be, much better. Um, so I'm really, really glad f- about that because, yeah, it's always hit and miss when you see a horror. Mm. It's either going to be uh, good or, or really terrible. So. It's very succinct storytelling as well because mm. only an hour and a half long. Yeah, and it covers a lot. It does, yeah, yeah. Mm. But a- as you said, it um, it manages to uh, you know, shortcut a lot of the uh, exposition by doing it in that uh, shadow art format. Yeah. And really short credits. Yes. The, the shortest credits I think I've ever yeah. sat through. Yep. I have to admit, when we first seen that kind of puppetry stuff at the beginning, I was like, oh, is that a good choice? Then I realised, no, it's actually, it's a good choice. It's a bold choice, mm. but it, it works. Mm, so mm. I was a little bit worried. But um, yeah, particularly the beginning when there's that kind of um, music that comes in, the Candyman song yeah. <laughs> um, flows in. And I thought that was really clever as well. So, um, but I think there's different origins of the, the Candyman's um, story and how it all starts. And, you know, I actually believe it's based on a book. Yeah, yes, as I think, well. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would be interested now in going back to see the other, the other films and, and watching them. They, they certainly wouldn't live up and I think this is one example of where a horror remake has just um, absolutely blown the first one. Mm, um, you know, mm. it's just done it really well because often um, remakes don't, uh, don't do too well, particularly with the critics. But um, I did jump on to uh, Rotten Tomatoes today to have a bit of a look at what people are saying and it is doing very, very well. So um, people are liking this film, which is great. I think maybe it comes – there was that thing about the um, uh, same Bloody Mary three times into a mirror as well. Yeah. And so I think that probably is, is part of where the, the whole Candyman thing came from. I, I, it just seems like, yeah, the, the idea that, uh, uh, you know, that's one thing. True. And, and this is very similar except you say five instead of three. Three, so, yeah. yeah. There's definitely something there for sure. I don't know which one come first though. Um I feel like the Bloody Mary myth has been around for, for a really long time. Yeah, I think so too. As well, yeah. so maybe, I don't know which one come first. Though. I was just thir- 13 times, that's a long lot. So I guess if you say it, like, you know, three times it's easy to do that by accident. So That's true. <laughs> How are we going to score Candyman? I am going to give it um, four and a half Bs. Oh, good one, Buzzy Bs. Um, I'm going to score, um, um, I don't like that word, um. <laughs> I'm going to score this four pieces of candy. Nice. Four pieces of candy. With there a razor blade in it. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to be careful. Um, <laughs> especially these days. I mean, someone put pins in strawberries, didn't they? Yeah, apparently. Hopefully that phase is over. Mm, mm. I haven't bought strawberries since. I'm too scared. Oh, really? I'm too scared. But I'm sure it's okay now. You just cut strawberries up. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Candyman is in cinemas now. It is worth the watch. Uh, and yeah, despite the fact that it does make some good social uh, statements, it is also a horror. There are horror elements. Mm-hmm. There's gore. There's some jump scares. So definitely check it out uh, for sure. Um, I do want to talk about a film called Eiffel. Now, this film is due to release September 2nd and if you tune in next week or you follow us on Unscripted, the film show 
Facebook page, we will be posting about some giveaways to go and see this film in cinemas and we'll also give people the opportunity to do so next week. But have you seen the trailer for this film? I have not. It's very, it looks very, very cool. It's set during the kind of uh, building of the Eiffel really? Tower of pa- um, in, in Paris at the end of the 1800s. So uh, the film not only tells the struggles of the very celebrated engineer Gustave Eiffel as he creates the iconic landmark, but also his romance with a mysterious woman from his past. So it stars uh, Romain Duris, who is in a lot of French films. Uh, I can't recall. I feel like there was one that I really loved and I can't remember the name of it, but I'll have to find out for next week. And he plays um, Gustav. I feel like it's Gustav. It might be Gustav. Very Parisian kind of name. Gustav. Gustav, thank you. Eiffel. Um, And you've also got Emily McKay, who is his love interest in this film. And Emma McKay is, of course, from Sex Education. Right. Um, in, in that show. So people will really recognise her as well. So uh, it's directed by French filmmaker Martin Berboulin and it looks absolutely visually stunning as they build this, you know, piece, um, piece. They build this iconic landmark. And I'm really interested in finding more about this, uh, this man who, who did this because he was involved in, in lots of different projects of architecture. Mm. It's, I was just looking at the uh, the Wikipedia entry for the Eiffel Tower and it said it was constructed from 1887 to 1889 as the entrance to the 1889 World's Fair. Yes. Could you imagine that, that making that structure just for a fair? It's almost insane, isn't it? But um, yes, I must mention a Roman Juris was in the film The Spanish Apartment, a film called Heartbreaker and Chinese Puzzle is the film I was thinking of. Um, And Emma McKay, I should get her character's name from um, Sex Education so that people know. Uh, She plays... uh, Is it May? I think so. May is a name in in that that TV show, isn't it? Let me find out for you. I should have become more prepared. Uh, I'll get that. But, um, yeah, this looks like a really visually stunning film and yeah Gustav Eiffel is a very interesting character I believe he had something to do with the um, building of the Statue of Liberty uh, and apparently I think he just wanted to be involved in in subway structure right okay. and and then was kind of um, brought on to, to do the Eiffel uh, what well, what was later termed the Eiffel Tower. So it's inter- it's interesting, like you know, to think that this guy you know built this structure, and he probably didn't even think it was going to be up there for all that long. No, and now over a hundred years later, it's still there and uh, bears his name. I know, isn't it amazing? Yeah, yeah, he contributed to the Statue of Liberty as well, which was just fantastic. A civil engineer, but yeah, imagine the engineering and the the math mm. and and the science that goes into building a structure of that you know capacity. It's it's just insane. And for those times as well, where we didn't have the machinery that we have, or the the labour or the mm. workforce, um, it, it's just phenomenal. Well, the weird thing is, is that they. They used to be able to build things a lot quicker, like the mm. Empire State Building got built in a year. Wow. And or also uh, Disneyland Park got built in a year as well. And it's just amazing to think that uh, they, they could do that back in the day because, I mean, most things take a lot longer than that these days to build. Mm, I hope this goes into uh, why he's chosen the design 
like, mm. you know, because it's a very interesting design, isn't it? So I'd really like to see his background and his inspiration and to find out more about him because I think he must be a fascinating man. I reckon and, um, he was probably more of a bridge builder. Ah. Like, because you look at the lattice, he kind of structure it. Like, it looks it like does it kind of, kind of like, look like a bridge, doesn't yeah. it? Very cool. Um, and I do apologise. It was Maeve, not Maeve. what did I say? I think I said Maeve. Maeve. That's Maeve. Close. Yeah. That's close. So Emma That's McKay, uh, you'll recognise from mm. Sex Education, she plays Maeve, and she must come from a French origin because when I was watching the trailer, a lot of the dialogue in the film is actually French, and her French is. Um, impeccable unless it's dubbed but I can see here that she was born in France. She must be a native speaker which is fantastic because I hate seeing films where they're in a different country Mm. and they still speak English. Mm. I think that if you're going to do a film which is in Paris about a Parisian French, Mm. you know, he's a French man and you're talking about the Eiffel Tower, it really needs to be in French. Mm. So I do hope that we get little English dialogue in this film. Uh, as much as that may annoy some people, I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, and I think this will be great to see on the big screen. So it opens next week, September 2nd. We will have some giveaways to give. We'll talk more about it next week as well. Uh, and please check out the trailer and then please do consider, uh, yeah, Calling in, I, or I would have gone sick because I've. Uh, have you been up the Eiffel Tower or been? I've been to the Eiffel yeah. Tower. I never got a chance to go up. Uh, that was poor planning on my part. In that, um, when I got there, it was busy, and mm. it is. It's it's always busy yeah, at the yeah. Eiffel Tower, and that you have to wait in line, and people have those fast passes, yeah. and I didn't got, have one. You got to book, yeah, book in mm. advance is is, is the yeah. best way to do it. And uh, yeah, because Kat and I got up there, that was it was kind of cool to be able to go because mm. it's it's kind of like you know, you go into other cities and there's tall stuff but then there's lots of other tall stuff around yeah. it whereas there it's that's the only tall thing in the area yeah. so it's it's really makes it just look even bigger um and also i've been uh to the statue of liberty so i've been inside two things that this guy was involved in oh cool and i actually went up inside the, uh, the statue of liberty that's and cool went to where the, the the head is and you can go and look out these windows at the crown Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Mm. I it's really difficult to tell people that I've been to Paris, but I didn't go to the Eiffel Tower because that's the first thing people say. They're like, "Did you climb the Eiffel Tower?" Well, not climb it, but yeah. go up the Eiffel. And I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Well, why did you go to Paris for?" Oh, okay. There's lots of other things. <laughs> there, I did go up the Arc de Triomphe, so I did climb that. Yeah. That's very windy. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go to the. Notre Dame. You went to the Louvre, did you? Went to the Louvre. Yeah. So I did some of the really important things, um, which I'm really glad I did. But, yeah, I didn't quite get up the Eiffel Tower. I've seen the Eiffel Tower and I've been very close to the Eiffel Tower. So I'm, I'm sure you'll get to, to, to climb it at some point in I've the future. I've been in photos in front of the Eiffel yeah. Tower. <laughs> um, moving from Paris to... Ireland. Ireland. The nice. Irish. I'm not going to even attempt no. an Irish accent. I wish I could, but I cannot. Uh, if Rachel was here, she'd uh, put us to shame. It's, we're still, great. we're still like wondering if it's, it's, if it's cultural appropriation. If we do that, though. Yeah, so. that's true. Maybe we shouldn't. Um, but the uh, Irish Film Festival. Uh, this was a supposed to be a live event mm-hmm. uh, in both Sydney and Melbourne, but due to the pandemic, the event has now been moved online, which is actually great news because it means it reaches national. Not the pandemic, but the fact that mm-hmm. the festival is online because it means people throughout Australia 
including us, can watch these wonderful films. Uh, tickets went on sale last week. Uh, all you need to do is go to irishfilmfestival.com.au. It runs from September 3rd to 12th. And there is a wide array of films to watch. I had hoped to have watched uh, one this week to review. Time ran out, but I'm going to come back with one next week and there's still time then to jump on and uh, find one that you like. But I think that... I would encourage people to go to the website, have a look, see what interests them, purchase tickets. Um, You know, if you're at home and you're sick of what's on Netflix, you can't find anything on Stan or Binge, you can't find anything on Disney+, Plus. you're just bored of what's on, go to irishfilmfestival.com. Find an Irish film to watch. Definitely. Why some not? Lovely Irish films out there. There is. Uh, Death of a Ladies Man, uh, starring Gabriel Byrne. That's um, on there. That's part of the festival. That's a very, it's a black comedy. Uh, yeah, so if you just want something new and you don't want to go through bundles and bundles of streaming content because I think there's only uh, a selection of films. So you can, yeah, pick one that you like. That's my spiel done. Um, but we will come back next week to talk more about the film Eiffel, um, more about the Irish Film Festival. Uh, and we will obviously come back to talk about more films as well as they release. Uh, I'll be talking about uh, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings yes, next week. Yes, I'll be very much looking forward to hearing mm. your thoughts on that film. Uh, and if you do love what you've heard today, please join us on Unscripted, the film show Facebook. Give us a like. Uh, jump onto the website, gentlemenofpopculture.com, uh, where you will find more of Unscripted the Film Show, past episodes. You can go back a few years now. Look at us go. Yeah. Um, you can jump onto Tangent City if you want to hear us just talk about random stuff. No, it's not that random. <laughs> we take a pop culture topic, we start off talking about it, and we do steer off into different directions, but we eventually uh, come back to the topic at hand. We make some important points on that show. Mm, mm. Personal opinions. Uh, Diz Down Under, if you love all things Disney. Yeah, you can uh, listen to last week's show where we rant about uh, how Disney is uh, trying to rip people off and uh, charge them for fast passes, which used to be free. <laughs> Does that mean... No, there will always be a Diz Down Under. I was like, I, yeah, I yeah. sense a bit of, um, bit of upset with... Uh, with Disney at the moment, but that's just a particular element, isn't it? Well, it just it just seems like at the moment with Disney, uh, a lot of the things they're announcing are just like, um, uh, we'd like you to pay more money. We'd like you to pay more money. Could you pay more money? Oh, that's you want to true. pay more money. Yes. It's just, it's really frustrating because I want everyone to be able to go to Disney and enjoy it. And it seems like a lot of people are being priced out of that these days. Which is disappointing. Yes. Very disappointing. Uh, but there's plenty of content. Um, I'm stalling because I'm trying to find a song to play. <laughs> I don't want to play. I was trying to find some kind of reference to Candy to play us out for Candyman, but I have not been able to find anything, so I'm going to have to just pick a song. Um, well, while you do that, if anyone's looking for something to, to stream on uh, Netflix, I can recommend AP Bio, uh, which is uh, cool. It's got Glenn uh, Houghton from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, and it's got uh, Patton Oswald, and it's uh-huh. about a, a philosophy teacher who teaches AP Bio and doesn't want to do it. Sounds great. Uh-huh. I'm going to check it out, but we will be back next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.